Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Co-Creating with AI. I'm Martin, and with me is my co-host Rasmus. And today we are uh, also presenting our guest, Johan Salo. How are you today, Johan? I'm very good. And how are you? I'm good. I've um, uh, been coding all day, and I'm fasting today as well. And it always gives this uh, really nice energy uh, oh. working. How are you, Rasmus? Also good. I've been like, I don't know why, but I've been strictly in like keto and fasting for quite a while now, almost, almost strictly. And yeah, energy level is quite, uh, quite something. So mm -hmm. I'm also like energized and like, yeah, lots of good progress and yeah, enjoying. Uh, I forgot to say, uh, say that I'm also fasting today. <laughs> really? Oh, really? No way. <laughs> this is no the way. fasting episode. <laughs> the uh, fasting. Cool. Right. <laughs> Awesome. I'm actually doing a, using a blood sugar monitor. I don't mm. have a diabetes diagnosed, but uh, mm -hmm. they are available online. And uh, and I was recommended by Jigis, who worked with, with AI in Multiply before. And uh, and they are really awesome. You learn a lot, so much mm -hmm. from looking at data about your own body than, than from reading from a book. But mm. are they invasive or non-invasive, the one you use? So they are a, a bit invasive. They have a needle. Uh, okay. But it's it's so thin; it's just a filament, so you you actually don't feel it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's, it's just always on. You always have it always on. on fourteen oh, wow. days, con continuous monitoring, twenty four hours a day. Yeah. And what was the name of that one? Uh, Cbionics. Cbionics. Uh, Check it out. They also they also have a keto uh, version as well. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. but uh, that's yeah but that's a that's a good uh, diversion and uh, let, let's uh, get back to uh, uh, co-creating with AI Johan you are a designer working with AI yeah, that, yeah. Uh, how has the, your uh, everyday work evolved the past two years I mean the past for the past maybe five years uh, I mean in 2019 I stumbled upon like you did GPT-3, when I was actually looking for some tool that could help me transcribe audio into some, some reasonable text. And also when I was uh, experimenting with Microsoft Azure and TensorFlow and those kind of things to create uh, some logic of time series from brainwaves. Mm. Uh, so, because I was really, have you seen that episode or have you read about the, the thing in China where they, uh, they sync your credit scores based on what you do in society. There's also yeah, a sure. black mirror yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, but then I read an article article about, uh, they were doing research on brain waves and then like a, in a paper, they actually could see who it was based on only the brain waves. So I thought no, that's not possible. It's, a, it's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to do, do a prototype to prove them wrong somehow. <laughs> okay. But it seemed like it was possible in a way because I, I used the image of a brain wave to feed it into mm. image recognition, which you're not supposed to do. But then I could compare the, the images to a certain, like, a certain person and it could so, like see who it mm. was based on the brain waves so wow. that, there was like a fingerprint in the brain yeah exactly yeah. it's like five wow. different waves 
So, mm-hmm. but don't tell anyone that it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> also, it was only five persons and like a few, okay. not so many tests. So, yeah, not a published paper. <laughs> Yeah. And what do you and what do you do on a daily daily day, Joe? And we have barely interest. Like, what's what's your role now, and what do you do at your company? Yeah, right now I'm now I'm uh, like uh, doing the, like a skill movement. Like I'm the skill lead for AI at Ambition, and in my company Ambition, we are like uh, our mission is to make UX designer grow in companies and learn more about UX. So we have a bunch of experts that you can sign up to and where you can get access to um, like education material and uh, uh, like sessions with a design expert to learn more and to grow. Because often when you're like a senior designer and you work for many years, you don't sometimes you don't have time sometimes to to read upon the latest trends what is happening in design so here you just sign up to a subscription and then you can spend one hour each week to to get the latest trends and to learn more about design so of course i'm following the ai and design track right now and i'm leading that in ambition all right mm-hmm. and how big team are you in the AI and design, we are like six persons, but at Ambition, we're, I think we are around 23 designers now, but okay. most of us are consultants. So we are like, mm-hmm. like a gun for hire. And, and do you see, uh, a, a, a up, uh, uplift in the demand for a designer on AI services from your clients? No, because in we are more like uh, uh, hired because of our UX design skills or it might be that we are managing a product or it can be UX strategy or design ops or leadership. Yeah. So it's not like it's not coming a demand on like special AI skills. But this uh, in January, I saw the region where they were hiring an AI strategist. So you can see out in the market, okay, something is happening here. Mm. Maybe there soon will come like a UX designer with AI skills or something like that. Have you seen something like that? I, yeah, I, I haven't monitored um, uh, the job ad so much, but, but it's, but it sounds like uh, maybe you're, it's uh, your, uh, angle on AI is more like using AI for your job then, or are you like producing UX for AI or, or um, developing skills within UX for AI, or is it more AI for UX, if you understand? Yeah, we, I mean, we, we are actually having this discussion in the company. How should we approach AI, like AI as a tool or an assistant? Or is it some an AI service that we are designing for a company? But yeah. then, in one on the other hand, then we have to take ownership of of the service or products, and yeah. that's not our line of business because we are consultants. Okay. But on the education part, ambition and power, there we have a product to design, and that is ambition and power, 
that empowers designers and we have different kind of learning tracks. So mm -hmm. we are actually designing some AI services for that particular product. Anything you can share? Yeah, we, ha we haven't implemented anything yet, but we are designing like an AI assistant, a design tutor in Ambition Empower. And also we created some kind of guide for designers using ChatGPT. Mm. Uh, other what, than what that... What's in that guide? What, what are the, the main ways you're recommending designers to use AI? In that case, it, it is in the in the UX research process and how you how you like collect information, how you analyze, mm. and then how you present it to clients. Yeah. So in each steps of the research process, how can you use ChatGPT with what kind of prompts to keep an open mm. mind and not like lock yourself into a certain prompt or ha instead have a more iterative approach using to, to the assistant. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So there's not like, okay, this prompt will work for all kind of contexts. You need to have hmm. like, a, like a dialogue in order to, to make it work. Do you use any kind of prompt sharing tool or uh, share no. a prompt with, with each other? No. Can you recommend any? I just, I don't know. We, we just use a Slack channel. At, oh, at yeah. We, that's what we do too. We have yeah. like AI and yeah. design team channel. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Rasmus, you were saying. No, I just think it's like, it's interesting because either way, you should just use Multiply for it. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so you can set up your funds and share them. But uh, uh, I'll, I'll, we'll take another session around that, Johan. It would be fun to, to get your input, actually. Um, nice, but I, but it's interesting because the way you speak about it, it sounds like actually you you look at like the design challenge is how you interact with AI, like so how you talk with it, how you prompt with it, like yeah. if you educate you educate designers to you know be better at their jobs, right? That's that's your line of work in one sense, yeah. and and now you see that yeah. using AI as a tool to be better designers, um, yeah. Or do you see that yeah, as more design as well? Do you see prompt engineering as like one of the future kind of uh, tasks of you know good designers? Do you think that's like gonna merge in there? Like uh, not really, not in the recent developments, because I see that that will be it could be that uh, AI can deal with prompt engineering as well. That we we don't have to be that specific when we prompt any any longer. But it more more or less will come up to how you like uh, model the clay in a in a way, like just position the clay somewhere. Do you do you understand what I mean? That you you don't have to like define the prompt, but more more or less oversee how the AI mm -hmm. is working. Because I so, was so so yeah. more like nudging the directions. Yeah, that's along what the way. I mean. yeah. yeah, that's what. Yeah, and it was. Did you see the, the Bill Gates and Sam Altman? Mm, it's like a YouTube, a podcast. It's called uh, Unconfuse Me. No, I haven't, I haven't seen it. There's Bill Gates uh, interviews Sam Altman about, uh, yeah, soon we will have GPT-5. So they discuss the future. And Bill Gates says something like that uh, he is really into malaria and to prevent malaria in the world. And he's really afraid when a machine will say like, 
Bill, go and play pickleball instead. Uh, I got the malaria ball. Uh, so you're just a slow thinker. You're a slow human. So you do that. And I, uh, me, the AI will take care of business. So it's, it's an interesting thing that uh, you, you maybe should be a little bit concerned about that when they, they are the ones discussing this. <laughs> Yeah. But then Sam says that we will never run out of out of problems, right? Mm-hmm. We as humans. So this yeah. is like you know more higher level discussion. But the same thing applies for designers as well. I think that, that you what's can the purpose? Simply... Yeah. What should we design when, for example, you can prompt? Let's say you can prompt Figma. You don't need to create components in Figma. Mm-hmm. You can just prompt, ah, I need the, can, or we take multiplies interface into somewhere and then write, improve this to increase mm. something um, mm. that you get an improvement of the UI. Mm. So then what's the designer if you just like administrating design? Mm. So it's also about yeah, discussing the role of designers. Mm. Like what should we do On that in topic, like... the next? No, sorry, like it's a little bit of latency here for me still yeah. like, um, but like, what do you see like as the design space happening? Like what's, what's, what is the design space then? Like, what is, what do you see as like the opportunity to like, uh, you know, create value, like with the way you see, do you see things moving in this space, like within your line of work as designers, you know, what's the, what's, what do you see happening? Do you have any like predictions yeah. or do you have any like views of where you like, where you feel, think it's going? Yeah, but I, I recommend everyone to read the UX Collective's uh, trend report for 2024, but it's a little bit dystopic, dystopian. Uh, I think that the, the new multimodal models will lead the way a little bit to help us find new design spaces, like yeah. we can work with vision, we can work with sound, maybe tactile things. What will, what will happen when we connect vision to our gestures and emotions? Mm. Is that like a new design space without a visual interface that we can explore? Yeah. So, but that's maybe too much in the future and too, too difficult to, to see a immediate value in. But for me as a designer, I always like to explore new design spaces. Because mm. it's, I, I mean, when you know the design, it's just to a hygienic factor. I don't feel it's it's design any longer. Mm. So, it, do you mean in the sense that the, the best uh, user interface is the one that disappears, like that that is not in the way uh, of of your work, but that actually like. Uh, disappears when you when you get used to it. You're not thinking about the the user interface any longer as being there. You mean like ubiquitous computing or something like that? Slow. No, I mean that a really good interface is something that you'd never notice. Like, as soon as you're not thinking about I'm gonna I'm clicking a button now, then the user interface is doing something it shouldn't. Like if if it's if something is blinking too much, like the user interface itself. Mm. should not be drawing attention to itself to do its job. It should yeah. rather disappear, disappear to do its job. 
yeah is, if it's yeah. is that what you want with the interface yeah that's optimal actually yeah but yeah. i mean if it's like uh, a more traditional interface like a keyboard or mm. uh with when you play the keyboard with all the knobs yeah. then you want the knobs you want the maybe a guitar pedal you want to see the lights you want to see the knobs mm. or in the yeah. car you don't want to have a like n no interface in the car you want i i'm a little bit more old school so mm -hmm. i would i would really like to have the knobs still yeah. left like that if you're, you're, not, talking about... you're not driving a tesla then i guess no are you or no? <laughs> yeah yeah where where really they, they are doing their best to for the user interface to disappear yeah, yeah. There, there's still a, a wheel steering wheel but almost the rest of the yeah. traditional user interface is gone yeah but um but so when you think about the multi multimodal ai uh what where, where is your energy going at the moment yeah there was a prototype that came up uh, recently about what was what, what david is he called david attenborough the the nature yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah the epic nature guy <laughs> yes yeah so he was the ai was trained with attenborough's voice like mm. 11labs.io yeah and someone built like a prototype where david uh like analyzed the person in front of the webcam yeah yeah so that was is not a like a big thing but i was really amazed with how direct and how like real it sounded so I started prototyping myself and we at the company, we, we did uh, like a replica of that one but yeah. with my, me, with my own voice mm -hmm. that I trained in 11 labs. And then I used, uh, Ricky Gervais personality <laughs> and to, <Yeah>. <laughs> to tell me <laughs> yeah. to be a little bit like fun and, uh, so he was, you beat an AI to basically roast yourself. He roasted uh, me and yeah. my hair, hair so yeah. I, I need to go to the barber really soon. Yeah. <laughs> With my own voice. Yeah. <laughs> Just to like get ideas and to see what can we do, what's, what's next. And then yeah. I realized this is just like rabbit. I mean, like mm. you hold up rabbit and it tells you based on the things rabbit see you mm. hold it up in front of the tomato and the i don't know meat and then you get the recipe by voice mm. so you can do things like that but with a few examples online you can build it yourself even yeah, yeah. and uh, and it's amazing how the the the, the, fir the first uh uh, idea that I get when I see a new product like that is always like it, it's only telling me what I already knew but yeah. uh, but pretty soon you just start realizing that like how our memories are actually we're not really good at remem remembering things and as soon as you just use something for a few days it starts to to add in details that you completely forgot although it was just yesterday and uh, and so i think these kinds of uh, experiences where you where you mix in like just photos from your everyday life
can yeah. can produce quite a lot of value that is completely unexplored uh, so far yeah. in the world of AI. And of course, I thought about your product that you made. Yeah, yeah. When I saw that, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, this is I just have, like I have a, one here, like that, where, uh, which is a. This was the narrative clip. Now it's like eight years old. Uh, narrative but, clip. Uh, yeah, but uh, the service is still up and running. If you have an old camera somewhere, you can still um, bring it back to life and and take photos. To, to feed your AI assistant. But can and, I ask you guys uh, a question? Yes. Do you, do you think if you like, you're both wearing glasses right now and I'm, I have glasses when I'm not wearing my contact lenses, do you think you'll have the like uh, next version or this version of, of Meta's kind of glasses uh, for this? Yeah. And, do you, and how do you think that will like, because I, I can really see like the more I think about AI, we've discussed this previously, Martin, like the more mm -hmm. I think about it, the more those glasses, or if we are very futuristic, think about going into the lenses, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so you don't have to have, wear anything. People don't even know you're, you know, wearing it. You still have the camera, mm -hmm. you still have the capabilities, etc. But we just take the glasses, right? Yeah. If they look good enough, do you think you'll use them? How did, and maybe to mostly to you, Joanne, but like, so first, like, do you think you'll use them? Do you think you'll get one, a pair? If they also, you know, do what you need for your eyes. I have to admit, I'm I'm thinking about buying the Meta glass, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just to get used to it a little bit. I'm curious, but I mean, I will feel a little bit ashamed coming into a meeting knowing that I'm filming everyone or taking photos without them knowing it. So I will need to mm. talk about the glasses, of course, and then it will become like a thing. Mm. Oh, that's the guy with the glasses. So, but. Uh, uh, it, are you are you thinking about it? It's more like, uh, uh, or do I want to be the tech guy that always like bring, bring the latest tech stuff to the office or something? I I think uh, like if you keep uh, your own old glasses as well, so you yeah. switch them out. The the idea with the narrative clip was that it's uh, it was actually not possible to turn off, that so you have to t physically take it off in order for for. Uh, to not take photos, which uh, to in order to make people more comfortable in your surroundings. But mm. it's uh, to if I would answer your question, Rasmus, I am actually quite bullish about glasses as a form factor once technology gets mm. small enough to keep them as lightweight mm. as they are already. Because mm. wearing one more thing, uh, it's it's uh, it's a bit of a nuisance uh, in the sense that uh, you have to. Like it's something else you can lose. You like yeah. it's already. You, I'm so happy that my wallet is now attached to my phone, and that my I I actually that don't carry keys anymore. I only have one thing now um, to to uh, uh, keep track of, mm -hmm. and um, so that's a really good thing. But uh, it's glasses are is an awesome form factor for technology when it gets lightweight and small. Hmm. Yeah, because it's interesting. I don't I see the what... issue you see, Joanne. I, I don't see the issue you see with with the glasses, actually. No. Um, and I'm also very bullish on them because, like, yeah, if you're filming all the time, right? Uh, mm. Then that's one thing, and taking photos of everyone all the time. Um, but like the way I imagine I would do it is like just with the, with the phone. I'm not going around filming everything all the time. No. I might turn on even when I'm holding mm. up my phone. 
I'm not, I might just be looking at something, right? In this case, I might be getting a little pop-up about you because like, ah, oh, where did I meet Johan? All oh, right. I, we had yeah, a calendar yeah. invite together two years ago, right? Uh, which is very useful for me because of memory, as Matt Martin said. Uh, and then maybe I'm like, Johan, do you mind if I take a picture? Okay, there. Or like I say yeah. it or whatever. Maybe I think it and it happens, right? In film. So I think the only thing is the initial kind of, if those glasses, and I haven't checked it out like in detail, if those glasses yeah. look distinct enough, like the Google Glass, that people will know, or if they look mm. like, you know, you would just, you got a new pair of glasses, Johan, like you're wearing glasses. Yeah. You have a you have a pair of like uh, Ray-Bans instead. Uh, I think that was yeah, that, I, mean, I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, they look like uh, Ray-Ban Wayfarers and... Mm. I, I've seen them in the store, so they look kind of just like a regular Ray-Ban Wayfarer. The only thing that you see is the lenses in the corner, but they are discreet. So, but maybe it will change some rituals in your everyday life. And uh, mm -hmm. do you want to have that change? Like, mm. I didn't think the AirPods would change anything when I put them on, but now I noticed that. When I take a walk, of course, I have them on almost all the time. Mm. And at certain points when I do the dishes, you know, it changes a lot of things. And I don't know what the, what the pair of glasses would do. Uh, yeah. But, but now I'm intrigued. Yeah. I want to try them. <laughs> I want to try them now. Yeah, me too. One so, challenge with, with glasses as a, as a camera form factor is that people that are uncomfortable with being photographed or filmed uh, they are probably also uncomfortable with asking someone to take their glasses off. That's uh, mm. you're not you you never use do that. Like, no. So they they end up in an inner conflict, which is a very uncomfortable position to be. And I think my analysis of of the old um, Google glasses, Google Glass, was that uh, actually it put people in a very uncomfortable position because like. Could you please, please take your glasses off? It's not yeah, something yeah. You, you, you ask someone, but still, like you have a need and you can't express it, and that's that makes you very uncomfortable. So then you you don't do maybe do anything about it in the situation, but you walk away from there feeling like having that discomfort with you. Mm. Uh, so it will be a very very interesting period of time now, like where where we start to see all these experiments um, being more ubiquitous, perhaps. Mm. But I think actually as a form factor, I don't know what you think, Johan, but I'm pretty bullish on the clip when I think about it. Like, just because we, for us, all, you know, gla glass, like people who wear glasses, right? For us, it's like, yeah, it's a mm. form factor I'm already used to. But I'm not sure what the percentage of the population is who wear glasses. Maybe you know, market from your Hayware days. But like, and for the other people, I like imagine like, you know, you can probably get those mm. clips smaller now. You know, the rabbit might be a clip in a bit. I'm not sure all this, you know, little one somewhere, yeah. a little pin, little nice thing. I'm, I'm, I don't know. What do you think, Johan? What is the protocol, those two from Apple that designed a new, like, almost like narrative clip? Yeah. Uh, what are they called? Something like. Something with AI. But yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. that would also be interesting. But I would like to... If if I have the glasses, I would like try to know more about myself and my my habits, and I will mm. try to analyze it. So there's will be a new kind of data that we need to 
analyze and regulate and take like mm. into consideration, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's like so, I think always with these new things, sorry, like the latest there as well. Is like do you think like what's the main values of like in this new design space? I mean, for example, like people say these things, oh I look at a cucumber and I get a recipe, but it's like is that really how we're gonna do it? And it's it's same thing as like, oh I bump into someone in the street and now my glasses tell me who they, they are. It's like in theory, yes, but do I really care that much about it? Or is that okay? You know, so it's like, it's interesting, like, I guess my question comes down to like, have you thought about what you think are like the really valuable, appreciated things that like sort of now becomes possible for, I guess, designers, product designers, companies to solve for people with these new tools? Like, what do you think are like the main things that like, you know, really will like uh, excite people and get them to, you know, invest in, in these new things and buy? I don't know if the engagement or excitement is the same thing for people like for from a larger organization perspective, I can see that you saw the Harvard research on Boston Consulting Group that GPT-4 increased, uh, I think, e efficiently with, with uh, 30 or 40 percent. They can like show real graphs with over 800 people interviewed and tried out GPT-4 in 2024, uh, three, like one year ago, before GPT-4 was released on the market. So that is one, like a value that you would like to have. Okay, mm. get people more efficient. But then again, what happens to the people that have these tools? Or me, for example, okay, I get more efficient. I can use it in UX research. I can save a lot of time. I can increase my quality as a designer, but does it really mean that I, I, I can do less job and like relax? It seems like I'm taking on more, like more tasks. Mm. So it's, I get, get a little bit more stressy as well. If more efficient, also more to do if, if it's like out in the open. Mm. What I mean is when I, when I discovered it, maybe this, I, I shouldn't say this, but in December, January and February, I was one of the first using it. And I noticed I could save a lot of time using it. So I had a little bit of advantage in the beginning, but then more and more people used it and they noticed, okay, we can use it to like make drafts really fast or analyze something complex and get something quickly out, out of it. What was the question, Rasmus? I'm, I'm so zoning off here, I think. No, 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 just, <laughs> no I, I think, I think you're exploring it. I was more like, yeah. uh, I, I think you basically, I was, I think I was asking from a consumer angle cause we were talking about the glasses and then you like yeah. took it into the B2B angle, which I completely agree yeah. with. I mean, that's what we're, we're, I'm yeah. working with as well. Like is that I, yeah, I see yeah. so many of those, those clear value points, but I think Martin, yeah. we were sort of trying to ask something at the same time before. Yeah, so um, uh, my question was uh, how, what do you think comes after chat? Um, it seems like we are creating like spaces where we can collect data and like bring value to businesses and also customers. So like by opening up new spaces like this, there will also be a place for us designers to design new services and products mm. 
So if chat was the first one, I, I hope I've been, I've always been interested in voice and vision. Like when I applied for my master's in interaction design in 2000, sorry to say this, but in 2003, <laughs> I entered the interview by saying, I imagine a first person shooter in the city where you can like see zombies coming at you and then you have to run. Like they will chase you, chase you yeah. and you have the, you have the glasses and you can see them. And he and the professor were, ah, this is just a boy dream, you know. Mm. But now I'm grown up. I don't want, maybe don't want to play that game. But I, I can see that it's <laughs> soon possible to play it. It would be awesome, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it would be awesome. I mean, can you imagine Pokemon Go, like how big that was Oof. with like glasses yeah. instead of yeah. like, oh, oh, I'm holding up yeah. a phone, there's something there, but I'm going around and just like, oh, look there. I mean, I think yeah. AR gaming might be like, that might be one of the few like that it would be fun healthy as well for like kids uh you know yeah. like could be really fun and if you have like if you go out some some neighborhoods might be a little bit depressing and if you have the glasses maybe you can boost it up a little bit get your mood up yeah who knows definitely yeah so uh we have uh um some questions to you, Johan, but uh, what questions do you work on? Like, what or what, if you would do a prototype and your next prototype in AI, what question would that prototype answer for you? Ideally, right now it's a, a little bit boring answer, but it's AI strategy. How do how can I create an AI strategy for a larger organization? Yeah. And how, how, how can I do the need assessment, skill assessment, and they create some kind of AI strategy documents, AI guidelines. Mm. I'm trying to like, so we are building that for ourselves in order to, to make it for our customers. But if I can do a prototype, uh, I, I will probably go deeper into a little bit, uh, what, what, what is novel called in English, you know? Naval. Naval gazing, like yeah. finding out who I am and maybe analyzing my emotions and trying to dig deeper in. Is, is there a way like that for vision to analyze my emotions and listen to what I say? So you can like combine those two. I say this, but I look like this. Mm. Can I do something with that? You could, if you want to play around with that, you could uh, easily hook something up to Hume.ai. Hume. Uh, Hume, Hume was a philosopher that said that, ah, yeah. uh, that uh, uh, what was he saying? But basically, reason is a slave to the passions that we, we think that we are rational, but we're actually just uh, uh, going by our feelings. That was his, his, um, um, a result of his research, I guess, or thinking. He was a philosopher. And now there's a, a an AI company called Hume, H-U-M-E dot AI, that has an API for emotion detection in both voice and... and, and oh, that is, that's exciting. Yeah. And then wow. you should also read uh, How Emotions Are Made by Lisa, um, Lisa Bartlett, where she claims that it's completely impossible to see emotions in a face because emotions doesn't work like that 
Okay, so there is no expression for anger. There is no expression for for joy. Mm. Uh, it's all based on situation as well. But oh, uh, no. so so just as a counterbalance. Nice. How emotion? There's a book called How Emotions Are Made. Um, yeah. Where she talks a lot about that. And she's a neurologist and and does research on that like uh, full time with a, a big team. Yeah. But it would be interesting to see if there's a misalignment between what you say and how you look like. Then you, yeah, can figure something out, perhaps. You mm. can figure out your like. I would just figure out I'm a hypocrite, right? And I'm like smiling, but I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. That would be pretty cool, actually. But I mean, as a UX researcher, you know, a yeah. UX researcher, you have to. You record what they say, like in a transcript, but you also need to see gestures and what your face expression. Mm. But that's kind of being lost when you do a lot, many interviews. That's really interesting, and, actually, on like transcription. Like we yeah. think about, oh, the valuable thing in our conversation right now, like from the tools that are out there, is what we say, right? Yeah. Not how we yeah. say. I mean, we can, you can have AI analyzing transcripts, right? But like, I guess yeah. there will be a lot more available. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's actually pretty interesting, both with glasses and in a Zoom call like this. Oh yeah, uh, you know, having that analysis. Oh, Martin is getting angry. Yeah. <laughs> it comes up. Yeah, watch it. That something that offended him. <laughs> Don't <laughs> say that. Don't yeah. Say that. You should. They I should have my glucose monitor hooked up and to say that uh, we 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 need a break now. Martin needs some coffee and and a donut. <laughs> <laughs> What, what does it say now, right now? Right now I'm fasting, so I have just this super smooth, even curve. And oh. uh, it looks like, uh, yeah, like that, almost a straight line with some smooth undulations. But, uh, and then I, I, it's really good to, to see when I eat something with a sharp spike, then my body reacts with a, with uh, a counteracts that with insulin and my blood sugar just mm -hmm. drops down immediately. Mm -hmm. I've learned to avoid that, and which is one of the big benefits of using it. Mm. What would happen if you eat like celery, like a lot of celery? Nothing, right? Nothing, yeah. And uh, there's uh, there's a lot of food that where the, the curve just stays completely smooth if you eat mm. keto, basically. Mm. Mm. I actually just um, I think we got a we got a round off now, cutting up on the on the allotted time. But yep. Johan, do you want to just finish off with like, are there any like AI products that you've been really like impressed by or excited by that you've seen that you think, you know, might be fun for people to sort of, or for us to check out? Anything that you've been like, oh, wow. I know you all know about 11 Labs IO, but when I tried it and I tried it, I mean, can I recommend trying the API as well mm -hmm. and connect it to OpenAI's uh, GPT-4 vision preview because it exists. Mm. So you can connect those two. So those two, I mean, it's not a clear product, but it's yeah, in a way a product. Mm -hmm. And then combine and build something in Python or you can actually ask ChatGPT to create code for you and to con connect them yourself. And otherwise it's that rabbit, but I don't know. Otherwise we, we, we talked about Meta's glasses. Yeah. So yeah. After this discussion, I will really consider, I mean, it's un, un, an unnecessary thing to buy perhaps, but in the line of work, it, you can see it as evaluation of 
future tools or something like that, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I actually was inspired to do that as well by this uh, conversation. Maybe yeah. we can try them both out as, and compare notes later. Maybe we can sync our eyes at the same time or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, so uh, uh, let's uh, reconvene once we have our findings on the on the meta glasses. Yes, that's so real nerd gathering. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, both of you. Uh, this has been a fun and interesting conversation, and um, uh, an episode of co-creating with AI. Nice to meet you both. Yeah, you too, Joanne.